Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. All right, ladies and gents, we are back. I'm Joshua Fisher along with Nicholas Kreider, Alexander Tosopoulos, and the Quan Cosby. This is the Horns Up Talking Texas pod. It is game week, so get your horns up. Here we go. August is out. September is in. That means our boys in burnt orange are ready to knock some heads in football. We have a home game this week. It's against Louisiana. We got to come in strong. The last time we had a Louisiana team in our house, we lost a heartbreaker. This team is ranked big time game. We want to come in. We want to make a statement. A big statement has already been made, though. We have a new QB, a new QB one. Casey Thompson loses the job or never had the job like we maybe thought he did. Hudson Card now has the job. Quan, we'll start with you, man. What are your thoughts on the decision, and how do you feel about Hudson going into this thing? Man, it's funny you said he loses his job because I think a lot of people thought he had it. <laughs> yeah. You know, older guy, and um, you know what he did in the bowl game against Colorado was so dang impressive that it was like many thought it was his job to lose. Yeah. And many will still think that. However, when you get a coaching change like you, like Texas did, the slate's clean. I mean, really, everybody, if Bijan had a bad camp, which he did not, he could have been, you know, Roshan could have been started. You know, anybody. And Roshan had a good camp, but Bijan's a special player. But man, that, that that's what it is. It's it's still, it makes me a little bit nervous because I haven't seen game film enough game film on Hudson, but at the end of the day, they're both going to be, they're going to be a new starter, no matter what. Casey has never started a game. Hudson's never started a game. And now, man, we're, we're going to see what's going to happen. And I'm fired up because I've told y'all, I've told, you know, those that, that listen, one thing I don't do is doubt Sark's decisions, doubt his ability to, especially from an offensive standpoint, to lead us in the right direction. So I'm actually, it added some optimism on what to see from Hudson, because again, we all saw what Casey did in the game. Mm -hmm. So Hudson might be pretty special. And, and, and this is not why Sark would ever make a decision. He said, both of them are still kind of in the mix, but if Hudson's who Sark and people think he is, what a way to get some, some great experience and hopefully a great season under his belt and, and then going into what we hope next year is the SEC. So that's me thinking way past what I should be, but I'm a nerd into this football game, and, and those are the things that factor into my head. So I'm fired up, man. Yeah, I think that's the only thing, 
Only thing I would say is that I saw a report saying that Casey is going to get snaps in this game as well. He's going to see the field. And that's the thing that we wanted to stay away from, right? Having an instability where guys are coming in and out at quarterback position. How do we feel about that? You know, so at first, that was my thought. I was like, oh, God. We, I was like, we've been here before. Yeah. Chris Sims and Major White did not work out. Heard and Swoops. 18 Wheeler did not work out. Um, but what if it's a situation that, because he said they didn't look great at first, and I actually saw that too. Um, I was like, we need, we need to get on the same page. But what if they both are balling at such a level? Because what did work out was my man, crap. I, can, I know it was Tebow and the court, man, he threw. Chris Leak that was ahead Chris of Chris Leak. He yeah. threw one of the prettiest balls I've ever seen, by the way. It was, dude had such a good arm, but he didn't make it in the league. But the, um, so what if it's that great? What, 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 what if it's like, there's su- there's such ballers. Mm-hmm. I want to see them against the opposite color. It's a win-win situation, and mm-hmm. that's my very biased faith in, in in what the offensive coaches are maybe seeing. And I never thought about that until the announcement was made, and I was like, maybe that's the case now. Maybe it's hey, this is still practice. You both are balling out of control um, now. Let's see what you're going to do when the bullets fly. So hopefully that's not a consistent game after game thing. Right. I'm right there with you, Nick. That's to me, that's a problem. But maybe it's just these first few before you get to conference play, figuring it out with, with yeah. truly, you know, flying bullets. Well, yeah, I, I would I would say if we're doing this past the rice game, then we have an issue. Yeah, yeah. I think. it. Yeah, I, I agree. And I think I I remember maybe being the one that actually was like, really critical of, of that decision-making of, of splitting the QBs. It's something we saw while we were there with Ash and Case as well. Mm-hmm. I think in theory, if the quarterbacks have a distinct style, like the 18-wheeler package with Juice, with Gerard Hurd, sh- should have worked, but what ended up happening was that Tyrone was throwing a better ball than Gerard was. And then at that point, they don't become distinct because then we're just questioning whether or not Tyrone was the better quarterback to begin with. Yeah. So I think for me, I'm most worried because I know they're not the exact same style, but Casey and Hudson are similar types of quarterbacks. And, and to me, that's a little bit worrisome, but I guess at the end of the day, like as long as they're not splitting drives that that's when it gets really problematic, yeah, right? Cause then I'm it's just like, clearly you're, you're basically putting a practice out on a game like that. That's, that's when it gets problematic. Yeah. Well, and they're not going to be able to put a practice out on this game because Louisiana can play. Oh, they're yeah. ranked. in Iowa State's backyard and tore that butt up. Yeah. So we better. And I feel like we're going to be ready, but we can't just hope. No, we, we have to put who we think is going to win this game out there. It's going to be sure. Yeah. In the well, history he- of coaches, most of them lose that first game, unfortunately, at Texas, which is pretty hard to. I don't know why we, that happens, which is really oh. interesting because yeah. we haven't played a ranked opponent in our season opener since 1984. So clearly the, the scheduling that's going on. Yeah. You, you want to been that long. Fuck, yes. Oh, and, yeah, and everyone would what? think Maryland was ranked by the way they played us every time. Well, but, you, you, know. you unfortunately, <laughs> I didn't think that I knew they weren't, but I saw them beat us down every time. <laughs> well, and you can best believe that no one thought the raging Cajuns we're going to be ranked going into Schedule this season thing. either. So it's just kind of by, yeah. by luck and by chance that we actually get the, 
that we get the chance to, to play a ranked team. And I think it's a really great opportunity for our team because even if we intentionally tried to make it kind of a cakewalk in the season opener, it's not because this is a 10 and one team from last year. They beat Iowa state, obviously mm-hmm. who's ranked ahead of us in the preseason and who so beat you, us last year and who beat us last year. Exactly. So we better come to play, but I'm, I'm excited. It makes me excited that we're getting some really good competition week one. Yeah, we need yeah. it. To make it I love good. it. It's a good, it's, definitely- it's a good way to make a statement against a ranked opponent without, I w- hate to say this, having to play like Clemson or Georgia, like they're having to do or Miami or Alabama. We do get yeah. that ranked matchup in week one without having to dance with another big conference team. Now this rage and Cajun team is a good team. Clearly they're ranked and they had some big wins last year. They only had one loss against coastal Carolina, who's also a ranked team. Um, but the whole QB, maybe I'm like, this is me being like the uppity high, you know, like stoked Texas fan. Like I always get myself into this frenzy. <laughs> I'm reading into Sark's tea leaves and saying, Sark saying he's going to play Thompson because he's anticipating we're going to smack these guys and he's bringing in the second strings and we're just going <laughs> to run it up on them. I, I like do the, think, I like the thing. I, the thing I love about card you touched on a Quan Sark's new, and this is a team we want to think can win this year. But let's let's look at this realistically and say Oklahoma ain't no joke. And this Rattler's back. They get the running back at back in. This is that is a team that has been to the dance before and they are ready to play. In fact, truth be told, we are the third ranked team by, you know, they going into the season behind Iowa State in the Big 12. Hudson and Casey, whether Casey has been there longer and maybe has more experience and could potentially be even a little bit better. This is a guy that Sark can grow with and getting him some reps in the big 12 play before we really go to the sec, which you're playing Bama, you're playing Georgia, you're playing LSU, A&M. It's a way deeper conference and a guy that he can grow and mature with. I think for the long-term play, it just makes a lot of sense. And I just, I was, I was pulling for Casey. Cause again, like we've discussed, he's a guy that stuck with us. He's a guy that every time his number was called, came in and balled. I mean, the Colorado game was absolutely epic, filled in admirably. And it's just unfortunate, you know, that you see, and you never hear anything bad about him off the field. It's just like a good kid with a good head on the shoulders and a good player that, you know, the younger guy won him out. So it's a little unfortunate, but that's the game. And I'm sure Casey's going to come in and do whatever he can to help this team win when his number is called upon again. And I'm sure it will be as goes football. Um, but I think this card situation could even be better, best for now and is definitely best for the future. It is a game. You know, as, as much as we say it's unfortunate, he's still, he's still in a very good situation. You know, I mean, at the end of the day, what's that? 1% of the people go to the league. So you hope for it, you want it, it but most of them don't go. Mm-hmm. So you're still at UT. You're still getting the best education on the planet yeah one of the best see you still get to go to the games you want to help and win away any way form or fashion and you just never know what happens next so really this is an opportunity for him as a young older but young kid to figure out what life does you compete all the time and i my day job i compete sometimes there's nothing you can tell me that will convince me that i wasn't the better candidate but guess what a lot of times i don't get picked Mm-hmm. So situations like this will prepare you even more for life. And that's what 
while we love sports, that's what sports do for you. And, and hopefully I know he's upset, but after that, when he regroups, he's still with his boys. And when his number is called for whatever reason, um, we hope Hudson stays healthy. We hope everything goes great. But when his number is called that, that he just balls out like he did in Colorado and get some game film live with Sark actually watching it outside of on the film and he may not come back out. So, you know, it's so many situations, uh, uh, that that could work out in his favor and uh, hopefully he takes that mindset absolutely all right the game itself we're at home again this is not this is it's almost scary to me that i'm in some circles where people are talking about this could be a situation like, is it that fact that it's a question of whether we're going to win this game or not <laughs> that frightens me at times this has to be a must win take care of business game what are some of the things we'll go from Nick to you to Alex and to Quan, I'll close out that you're looking for offensively to set the tone and get going and that you want the defense to key in on, on this Louisiana team. Yeah. So as I read the reports, they always allude to the Iowa state game last year. And we've talked about it a couple of times and let's be honest, Iowa state did not play good at all. That game, they turned the ball over a lot and they allowed a kick return. I think a punt return for a touchdown, right? Mm-hmm. So that's, you know, right there, a way to shoot yourself in the foot. Now, I think if they play Iowa State 10 times, they probably get one win, right? That's their one win. I think the other nine times, Iowa State takes care of business, they get that win. So I kind of draw that up to somewhat of a fluke just because of the special teams and the turnovers. Mm -hmm. So I want to take that kind of out of the equation. But they do have a good offense. They weren't moving the ball very well against Iowa State that game. And they're returning a quarterback. They, they, they lose their running back. So it's really going to come down to our run D, I think. I mean, they've got a couple of new running backs in there. And if we can key on them and shut them down, there should be no reason why we can't win this game. On offense, obviously, we have Bijan. Let's not run him into the ground first game, but you know, let's let him get his. At the same time, I want those receivers to really get going early on so we can establish that dominance, established a good relationship with the quarterback, the new guy coming in, and let's set the tone for the rest of the season. Mm-hmm. Awesome. Yeah, I mean, there's there's not much else for me to really say. I think Nick <laughs> put it really well. I mean, I want to see them. I'll just I just want to see them get really aggressive and go after the quarterback and not be afraid to throw some schemes, some heavy blitzes in there, and try and shake things up. I mean, if you can, and just making a point to to get up early do the little things and take care of time and possession. Like these are all just, just take care of the little things. This is a team, unfortunately um, outside of football, their circumstances of where they've been practicing have, have not been ideal with the hurricane rolling into Louisiana. So, you know, who knows what things are looking like in, in their locker room internally and all the Texas team can really do is look, look at each other and say, let's take care of business and, and go out there and do our things and minimize mistakes. Cause I think again, like Josh, you said, like you just can't believe anyone's saying that we would lose this game. And I think it's because we're the more talented team and we're often in this position. We just got to execute, especially in special teams. We've talked about this a lot across the last episodes. So just execute on those special teams and, and take care of the rock mm-hmm. and yeah. go get it. Yeah. I'm so glad you mentioned that, man. Cause we're talking about ball. We're fired up about it, but they are dealing with some real stuff in Louisiana. So I hope all of their families are safe. Yeah, absolutely. We're hearing some horror stories. Um, we have an office over there and 
hearing some some tough stuff. So I'm glad you mentioned that. Um, really, for me, uh, in the trenches. Now, one thing Louisiana does have is a really good D line like us. Um, I can't think of the young man's name, but he's like 300 plus and like six six in their D line and will play in the NFL. Mm-hmm. And so. One, our D-line stout. So I believe if they stopped the run because practice has been weird and Louisiana's not throwing for 500 yards a game. Clearly, they like to run the ball. So if we stopped the run. And that, what I like even more is Coach Flood and our O-line. I really want to see where they are. You got at least one, maybe two NFL defensive linemen. Where is our young O-line? You have Chris Setter that's a little bit older, yeah. and he's moving to guard. But outside of that, a lot of folks who need to prove themselves. So is our trenches, is our O-line, because Bijan, he's he's special, but he has to have a hole. He has to have something to, to get through there. And by the way, so does your new quarterback in card. So I, I think it's going to be one in the trenches like most of the games are. Um, and if, if we can handle their D-line, push them back, Bijan averaging four-plus yards a game, is going to be exactly what Sark and all of us want. And we're going to see both quarterbacks because we're going to take care of business. <laughs> it's Tylen Humphrey is the big boy on campus. Yeah. Humphrey, that dude's huge. That, I, huge is huge is what I would say. Like I would call huge. Listen, I'm for the, for the fans out there who haven't seen me yet. Five ten, buck 80. Maybe if I run, you know, don't eat, eat well that week. I'm 175. <laughs> This boy is 6'5", 333. He throws me over his shoulder like a continental soldier. (laughs) (laughs) No questions asked. This is a man. This is a mountain of a man. Um, But that, again, like it's the trenches. I mean, offensive line, I just to kind of quickly quick diversion. I mean, I saw in the NFL, they did like the top 100 players and not even the top 30 was an offensive lineman. It is by far in a way, the most unheralded disregarded underappreciated position across really any level of football. Um, and so it, it does start in the trenches. We have to make a statement against those big boys. They have Zion Hill, who's 6'1", 283. They're other best defensive lineman. Yeah. He's no slouch either. Uh, Nick, I saw your eyes light up, Quan, when Nick said this. Getting the receiver, setting the tone with those guys early. And I'd love to hear your take on this, Quan. When a new guy comes in, you had Vince and you had Cole come in. How important was it for you to get that report early on in games um, with the new QB in there? And, Nick, you got me fired up. I don't know if you meant to do this, but you – maybe subconsciously hit us with a Herb Brooks quote with the might win nine, but they would not this game type thing. So I was kind of fired up in inadvertently <laughs> from the miracle reference, whether it was meant to or not, but how important, like Nick is saying, Quan, is it for the receivers and the QB to get going early and set the tempo for the rest of the season? Maybe at the hands of Bijan getting less touches, even though he is our best player and wanted to get rolling. Man, Two things. One, it's insanely important for a new quarterback in general. Work confidence, get things rolling. That means your lines holding their ground. Everything's kind of working the way it needs to. Mm-hmm. It's even bigger when subconsciously, you know, you have another guy that's really close and almost won the job. So that confidence and you balling out will stop you from looking over your shoulder as well. And, and when you Read, because these kids do. Social media tells everything. So when they read, oh, they're going to still go, you know, both make plays. Um, I don't know what's being said on, the, you know, in the meetings, but 
subconsciously, you hopefully you don't think about that. You don't think about making mistakes. He made less in practice. I want to see the same thing here. But I want us to be equally aggressive with those receivers. Joshua Morris had a great camp when he was healthy. And, and we talked so much about Whittington and, and all of these different guys running, you know, blowing the top off. Because off, that's going to make B. B. John, what we know is he doesn't need a lot of catches. I mean, uh, carries. Now, we need him because it's common sense to run the ball more. But the dude, at least, what, three games last year had nine carries for 240, 250, 260. <laughs> that's insane. Absolutely insane. So the way the game of football works, one, they're gonna stop beat, they're gonna try to stop Bijan. Yeah. So if they go uh, man coverage, gonna try. <laughs> yeah, gonna try. I had to stop that. They're going to try. So then you're gonna get some man coverage and some rotations. Oh my goodness, let's go. That is an opportunity to absolutely blow the top off some explosive plays, make plays. And so then you're like, what what do we do? And then they're going to soften up and then good luck tech, you know, tackling Bijan in open space. So, yeah, I'm right there with you. It has to be ultimately balance is said and it's pretty cliche. But at the end of the day, whatever's working needs to work very, very well. And getting that confidence, confidence for Hudson with the receiving crew early on would be huge. I mean, absolutely epic for that offense. Let me ask you something really quickly. Because you played quarterback in high school, correct? Oh, yeah. You played quarterback in high school and receiver in college. Is it more important for the quarterback to be on the same page with the receivers or the receivers to be on the same page with their quarterback? You know, it, it really is. As crazy as it seems, they, it has to be both. One of the reasons Colt and, and, and me and Shipley accomplished what we did, because not only were we on the same page with Colt individually, we were on the same page with Colt together. And right. we, at times we'd even go watch a little film together. And then if I'm, when they rotated us all over the place, there was times we we're on the same side and we had our own signals or I'll give them a look. And we knew what was kind of happening from a rotation standpoint. And then we threw that curveball 45, 35 game where they put me and ship in the slot. We were originally the X and the Z. And then they put us both in the slot at the Y's and, Oklahoma had no idea how to stop the situation because we were always on the same page. And even right. to the point of looking across the way and I'm like, all right, they're rotating to me. Ship's going to ball out. Even when I, when I hit Lindy Holmes, that, that really, the reason I was able to peel back because I was running them off to clear that safety out. So Shipley could come in the middle and then Lindy came down and we know what happened then. But that, <laughs> those little things right there are so freaking big. So yes, the receiver really need to be on the same page because the quarterback is going to see some things that the receiver can or can't. If they blitz, the quarterback's going to see it and go here. But if you didn't see it and you're not on the same page, you don't protect them. So it's, right. it's a weird at sometimes it's the receiver. Sometimes the quarterback, but all the time it's both of them. Yeah. I think you mentioned that underrated aspect of having a good rapport with your other receivers out there. I mean, the X and the Z are boys. I mean, that's, that was, I played Z in high school and, um, didn't really have a title at, at UT because I was a walk-on, but uh, that Z position you know, is, is just as crucial for the X. I mean, you guys have to be on the same page with your routes, and you know, just like you said, if, if they got coverage on you, Ship's going to ball out. Oh, and when they put us on the same side, sometimes Ship or me, if we needed six, seven yards and we wanted to do a little out, we were going to put them – we did that to screw them up because, boom, if they could jump to a zone and they're going cover two, Ship was going to run outside – 
that guy had to follow him. Boom. I got six yards. Easy. We're first down. Let's, let's move it on. If yep. he was stupid enough to jump me because he knew I was running out, we got a wide open Shipley down the sideline. So we really need to be on the same page from that standpoint. So it was about matchups, knowing coverages, knowing. And then when, Oh, you did this so many times, actually the Ohio state game, they blitz. We saw it already. And just, it just it works like a charm when you're on the same page. So that's so big. And, and it's why I'm a little bit nervous because of what I've seen in the receiving crew in the past, which is not all their fault. We, we had some interesting things going on from a schematic standpoint. But you have new, a lot of new. These receivers have had sprinkles of success, but I don't know if they've seen it at the level that I believe Sark can call plays. And then you have a brand new quarterback. So that makes me a little bit nervous. But at the end of the day, if they just let loose and play football, I think they're going to ball out. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You do a lot of different things too, the three of them Worthy, Whittington, and Joshua Moore. Um, and that's I mean, it's a lot of great points. That Lendy Holmes clip, you threw that up on Twitter the other day. And I hope he's okay still. I, that, that, <laughs> that hit was, he's knocked him back to the BC era. <laughs> Not to be insensitive, but I don't even care. No, I'm kidding. I, <laughs> I do hope he's okay as well. We were sitting um, on the couch and Nick was like, hey, you see what Quan just posted? And I was like, literally my mouth, I was like, I hope I always stay on that guy's good side. That was, that was, fero- <laughs> that was ferocious. As we rocked him, I had a. I mean, the wit. I mean, we've been on about Whittington the whole time. And just him is just a question if he could stay healthy. I mean, he really just such a good possession receiver. You talk about a guy that can get six yards out and move the chain. I mean, I think I need some kind of girlfriend because I had a dream last night about someone texting me on Saturday. And the text was like, Who is this Whittington kid? Like, that was like the dream I had because, <laughs> like, I have such hopes for him getting out there yeah. and really balling out. But, like, if you have that, obviously, more is, you know, more dynamic than the other two. But you have a young kid like Worthy who just has that top end speed and you could just send him, you know, let him go over long and bring people out. It's just going to, that they're really going to be spread thin come Saturday, which is exciting. Um, some stuff in the defense you guys are hoping to see, Toss. Well, before, before we move to the defense, yeah. I just want to say, it's something that we're in the advantage here because obviously roster to roster, we have the greater than sign, right? Just from a strict talent standpoint, mm-hmm. I don't want to see it. What we're saying about Bijan, I think is really apt. And there's a lot of purpose behind that because their best players are on their defensive line. So I certainly don't want to cater to what they're best at. If we're talking about guys that are going to get to the next level and we already know who they are, we're able to point them out us talking on a podcast, I hope that we don't fall prey to playing to another team's standards and skill level. So if our receivers have that talent to beat their DBs, I want to see Josh Moore take the leadership. Forget that Hudson Card's never played a snap. Josh Moore has. I want to see him take advantage of that and go for six for 125. Like I want him to dominate in that respect. And I think that's where some of the leaders can come from. And like you're saying, Quan, it's, it's so true. It's just anyone who's played any sort of athletic sport in their life. Like when you start to flow, when you start to hit the rhythm, things start to feel good. You forget about the second guessing. You forget about everything else. You forget about the comparisons that hopefully Hudson and Casey aren't making with each other, but it, it would be reasonable if, if they, those thoughts came into their head. So that's, that's just the last thing I wanted to say before we get into the defensive side of things. And, and I think it's the same thing. It's just asserting your will because you know that when you're lined up across from that guy, that you can beat him. That yeah. in that brief moment, I know like Quan has no, no malice in his heart on that play, but like 
it's because he set him up in that way and he knew he could beat him. And of course, like no CTE wished upon anyone, but (laughs) that's, that's the way it happened on that play. So they just, they just got to be aggressive in in that fashion and, and go get it. And I think to your point really quickly about the receivers kind of going out and going and get theirs, I'd argue that the receiver position is probably the third most psychological on the team behind kicker and quarterback, right? A lot of, a lot of time, you know, your talent's going to take you so far, but you know, between the ears is really what's going to kind of separate yourself as, as a receiver. I think, you know, once you're getting hot, once you're getting going, once you have that mo- that motivation and, and that momentum is when you really start to catch fire. Mm-hmm. You look at what happened to Devontae Smith. I mean, Devontae Smith obviously is a super physically gifted receiver out there, but he rode that momentum. Yeah. yeah. That's a great point. I mean, like people, I feel like people don't realize that people just look at the receiver. They go, okay, that's the Uber athletic guy. They just kind of kind of get open and catch. But if you look, if you look, if you look what happened in Cincinnati right now with Jamar chase who missed the year and he has his quarterback back or drop passes in the preseason, couldn't catch a cold, like bubble screens dropping. Like right. couldn't catch. It's a, and, it's a huge mental game. And I think, you know, Quan, you know, this just as much as I do, you have to have such quick decision-making skills as a receiver. I mean, arguably the quickest behind the quarterback. I don't, it's funny to me because people don't, and that's why it gets on my nerves when, when people say, Oh, uh, those athletes are just not smart. I was like, fool. They might be lazy outside of athletics, but let me see you make a split decision, you know, split second decision while you're full speed running two guys blitz and be able to make that level decision for your quarterback to answer the blitz. Oh, by the way, flat out had a 15 yard comeback in my mind that happened boom the 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 pass is now turns into a slant so you protect your quarterback oh they know what they're doing on every level and and it takes unbelievable you know mindset to do that so i think y'all are right on and and then going back to even the ship thing it's one thing to do it oh i also got to do that at seven yards eight yards to make it make sense from the timing or the blitz because if two guys are blitzing maybe that 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 dn is popping back to six yards to take away the slant so we know that so we need to make it i mean there's so much technical stuff that goes into the game at the receiver level so yeah no it's so true and again i I just saw it a little bit but but i want to really see that come together for the young quarterback for the for the semi young receivers but some experience and right. then they can, if that happens, they can blow this thing. Not again, we don't want to get ahead of it. They can take, certainly take care of this one, but that'll look dang promising for their offense for, for games to come. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Right. I think Josh, just real quickly yeah, please. on the specifics of the question that you asked defensively. I think for me, it's, it all starts up front with Keandre. And if he can, if he can plug things up, he's such a big body. And he's so talented and it it all really, the defense starts with him, right? Like from, from a, like, if you were to take a bird's eye view of the defense starts with him, he's the first guy that's meeting the ball. They're running it right up the middle. And I want to force them to not be able to run the football. Well, not be able to execute in that fashion, have to throw on us. And then I think at that point, all these edge guys that we have can really eat and they'll be put in a position where they can get after the quarterback. And that's, that's our just, just a feeding frenzy. That's what I want to see. I just want to see us plug them up when they try and run the ball and, and then be able to get to them on the outside with our speed and beat those, beat those tackles. Yeah, man. I agree on so many levels and for Keandre, this is what I love too. I played against Crabtree. I played against, you know, so many guys, uh, 
was it Dez, Dez Bryant. And I love playing against those guys because I was like, you know what, bro? You got all this hype, which, again, they deserve it. They play very well. But I'm going to beat you today. I felt like whoever played my position, if I beat you today, is going to help our team and we're going to win. And so that's that's what I hope. Because we already talked about their D-line. Yeah. And then they're strong. Who's going to be the better D-line today? Usually the one that's the better, you know, group for their team helps their team win the game. And so plug that up, add Collins, Mojo, that whole crew, I think is going to be huge. But I want to take a little bit different because at the end of the day, they're plugging it up. They're, there's going to be that time where a good running back is going to squeeze through there, even to the, to the backs. Safety position. Schooler was a receiver last year. Now, trust everything about what our coaching staff is doing. But are we that thin or is he that good? You can't help but to say what's going on in that position. Yeah. And so you got a veteran quarterback. Maybe Louisiana's got I me. Mean, I know they, I would say, primarily running, but they threw the ball. But if I'm game planning and I see that, I'm at least going to try to see what, see what he's really about. And so that's why I think if he steps up and shows why he flipped the script and started like he did in Oregon, I think it's going to be massive because I do trust our, our transferred linebackers. Of course, Overshawn's a beast. Um, Our D line, we believe in them like no other. And even our corners have a lot of experience, but, that safety position has me scratching my head and I'm ready to, to, to see them make some plays. Yeah. I mean, well, that the guy in charge of the safeties is a buddy of yours, uh, Mr. <laughs> Gideon. So I hope he's, I hope he's ready to go and I'm trusting that he knows what he's doing there too. I mean, you got to expect that they are probably going to pepper that position or at least test it early on and see what they're about. I just, I'm not, I know this is like famous last words, but the QB doesn't scare me. I'm not afraid of the quarterback. So if they're going to try to kind of run the ball up the gut and see what we got down the middle, you know, and try to get to that next level and test our safeties in that capacity, I feel confident, even if schooler is, you know, a novice to the position or hasn't had much experience, I feel confident in BJ, obviously Thompson coming in, but over Sean, you know, it's, we have a, you know, we've had some good linebackers in the past and, you know, we saw one absolutely ball out last year. Uh, and Joseph Osai, and I, I think that Overshawn, this could be his year, really, to take over as our defensive player, and I'm looking to take command of the defense and be an absolute force stopping the run, helping out in coverage as needed, um, and really being, you know, Coburn's backup and, and Schooler's front man in that sense. Yeah, I think, obviously, Schooler is, you know, he's a senior, but he's, it's almost like he's a freshman because he's playing a new position right now, but he's surrounded by such veterans who have been there and who have done that and have been playing and competing at a high level for a long time, which is a, a position I feel like is pretty unfamiliar for us coming into the regular season. I mean, normally I feel like we're looking at one of our DBs on the outside who's a freshman or a sophomore, and there's just it's, – it's all upperclassmen on the defense, which I think you can kind of – get away with starting a guy at the first time at a position he hasn't played and know that the other guys around him are going to get the job done and put him in a position to be that ball hawk and really just clearly he, he makes great reads on the ball. He did as a receiver and he will as DB. Um, that's, you know, as a safety. So 
that's why I feel still confident, especially in this first game. And then once they find their footing, we'll be off to the races. Mm-hmm. I know what you mean. And, and certainly five years ago, I would have been a lot less nervous. But now 11 personnel is a norm. And so where you could protect the safety back in the day, you just can't do it anymore. They're, they're three, four wides almost every time. And right. then even your tight end is the truly that pass catching tight end yeah. that you have to match up to. So at the end of getting a tackle in a game of football, is tough, but you can fix that pretty quick. You know, with fundamentals, hey, see the man with the ball, go wrap up, get him down. It's really about the coverage piece of it for me because that's a whole different monster. Um, maybe he gets a little bit of advantage because he played receiver and he has a little bit of idea of kind of certain leverage movements, but that's where really intrigued to see how he is in coverage because let's be real again, if I'm an offensive coordinator, I'm going to, I'm going to motion. I'm going to put him in a position to make sure he's in coverage unless we're just going to play man all day and let him stay free. And then I'm going to try to expose him from that standpoint. So Hopefully he is. Um, he's certainly starting, so he can do something right. And now I'm just, I'm just ready to see it because I haven't yet. Yeah, you, you got me thinking now because it's like I'm looking at the four two five and I'm like, wait, is that the reason why we have five back there? Is that why we're doing it? Like, hey, I, you know what I mean? I, <laughs> I, I hope it's not, and I hope it's just by nature of what you're talking about, how all teams offensively have changed their schemes to be more pass happy, to spread it out more, and you kind of just have to to roll with the punches. But I appreciate the four up front. Cause it, as long as we can wreak havoc up there and prevent them from running on us, you know, it puts those, those five back in a better position yeah. or it's really just go do your job and you have help. Now what's going to be interesting is if they're running guys in motion, are we going to be able to switch and communicate? I mean, what we've been talking about communication on the offensive side, receiver to receiver, it's just as important DB to DB to DB oh, yeah. from corner to safety. So hopefully those guys, can fine tune the process really quickly and be communicating a lot because that's all they're going to see in the big 12 offense that, you know, game after game. So yeah, we'll, we'll see. We'll see really quickly. <laughs> I imagine that first deep ball is going to go right at schooler and we're all going to be like, Oh, and yeah. we're going to want, we're going to know one way or the and other. He's going to pick it off and we're going to yeah. be like, yes, let's that's go. Right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, we are brought to you by betonline.ag. Go to betonline.ag today. Make some bets, win some money. Who doesn't like money? Money is great. We all love it. Yeah. Is it the most important thing in the world? Going to go out on a limb and say no, because we got friends. We got family. We, we got, got football games to win, too. We have football <laughs> games to win, too, first and foremost. But in the game, we go to betonline.ag. Horns are minus eight, and the over-under is 58 and a half. Nick, you've taken on betting for us in the past, so we'll kick it off with you. Which of those do you like more? Because I'm, I'm not going against the horns yet. I have been there in the past, at least to start the season. I'm staying with the boys. Which of those excites you more? Um, I mean, I think they're both enticing bets. Um, I would go with the over 58 just because of the fact that you know, we, we have an exciting offense, in my opinion. I, I think that they have a decent offense as well. Um, not saying that our defense is any slouch, but um, I definitely see this game hitting me over, um, you know, maybe like a, a 35 to like, you know, 28 type game or, or something like that. But, the, you know, minus eight is also not a terrible line. I'm, I'm seeing a lot of predictions saying that we get this game covered by at least 10 points. 
Um, but if I were to put my money on anything, I would say the over. I got a question about that because, man, this game started out like a 16-point dog, and it's right. gone down to eight. So right. I, like I for the life of me, is trying to figure out Vegas because they're insanely close on so many levels. Yeah. I mean, right. the conspiracy theorists think there's somebody in the freaking schools giving them way too much information, but it is freaky how close their lines are to how games turn out. Always- like, And I never paid attention to it when I was playing, but since – just look at it. It's, it's, it's crazy to me. So that's the interesting piece. We started out as a 16 you know, point favor and now we're eight. So what, what, what makes Vegas a little uncomfortable? What's going on from that standpoint to where they're pulling that back a little bit? It's probably the fact to do with the public being on Texas. You know, the more bets that Texas gets, the more it shifts in the favor of, of Louisiana because they want more people to even out and bet, bet on Louisiana. Um, but in my opinion, I, I think, uh, you know, just having a line that shifts that far, you're thinking about it like Vegas, like we're saying, Vegas is so close to the line, right? Their original thought is that this is going to be a 16 point game. So that's why I think that eight points is pretty generous. I mean, I would take both. I would take the over and I would take eight points. Quan, do you remember the point differential the last time Texas played the raging Cajuns in 2005? We beat the brakes off of them. <laughs> yeah, it was I 60, do not. 60 to three. It was a 57 point differential. So <laughs> I'm taking the minus eight. I, I think Sark's <laughs> throwing that up on, on the whiteboard or the big screen for all those guys. And he's saying, all right, let's get half of this. Let's get half. And there you, you go. You know what's funny about that? And funny story about when I was playing ball, I, it blew my mind. And it, it just talked about the different times. Because we sometimes, we don't forget it. We know these are student athletes, but we don't know what happened in the life of a student athlete. And I remember going into government class, government class, and we're going in, we had a big game, and we're about to go play another one. And one of the classmates was like, hey, man, nice to meet you, blah, blah, blah. I was like, oh, man, it's good. This guy's nice and all that. He's like, so um, he went straight to it. So you guys going to cover? <laughs> I was like, what the? I was like, dude, get away from me with that bull crap. I was like, uh, but yeah, we are. But I'm going to go. Yeah, guys. <laughs> we are. And I'm going yeah, we class. are. We're about to whoop Good teams that. win. Good teams win. Great teams cover. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Ah, see, again, I'm new to this old betting thing. So not that I bet because I don't want to. I do not NFL. Don't take my benefits. But yeah, yeah, man, it's it's I pay attention to it more. And it's pretty fascinating. And maybe one of these days it'll be legal in Texas. Yeah. I mean, it's definitely heading that way. I mean, we see like, you know, it's, they're moving away. It just had that stigma of like strippers and cocaine. And now it's like moving away to like a more wholesome, as wholesome as it can get. (laughs) I would say strippers and weed. Yeah. I'm just, I'm just saying Vegas. I'm just saying from the movies, man, I don't, I'm not a huge, I'm admittedly not a huge gambler either. Yeah. I mean, I don't know. I don't think none of the three of us are massive, massive gamblers. Um, but you know, it's always don't nice. Have to a have massive it. bank account to do it yet. Exactly. Yeah. Once the horns For up, se- horns up season two, then you'll see. You'll you'll see. Me. <laughs> right. I'll be recording from Caesar's Palace. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, it's it's definitely super interesting. Obviously, it's always fun to have a little juice in the opener. So I think the horns. If you see it shift that quickly, they're probably a little spooked by the Hudson start um, and his lack of experience. And our fave in Hudson tends for me to ride that minus eight as well. 
Um, well, guys, next time we meet, we will be one and oh, and Bijan will be in the Heisman talks. And this is <laughs> everything is I'm we're speaking for in existence. And it's week one. I hope it's a week one smashing that is like or a week one victory that's as energized and as Notre Dame was a couple years ago. And we follow that up in the complete opposite fashion of the way we followed up that Notre Dame victory. Cause I think it's possible really to make a statement this year. Um, like we've been saying all along and this is, it's, it's a great place to start. It could not have been a better matchup to go week one, honestly. I agree. And to start with a ranked team, I know it's not ideal with all the newness, but man, it, even when we talk about going to sec, if you're going to be the best, just beat the best. It's it just really, that's my mindset. I golf a lot now, and, and some people kind of vote. They, they cheer for guys to shank it. I'm like, no, I want you to actually par. I just want a birdie. Yeah, I want you oh, to bogey. Yeah. I just want to par. Like, I want everybody to play well and be in the best yeah. mood ever, but I just want to beat you down. And, and that's what the great teams, that's what the better kind of perspectives and comp- competitors feel. They don't want anybody to. Now, if they fumble 10 times because we forced it, cool. But I don't want them to snap it over anybody's head. I want it to be good competition. So right. it's cool to have this this opponent and and the fact that they're in one of these conferences that don't get as much love. Hey, they're gonna be fired up. They they had this game circle for a while. They're eleven and oh, yeah. one for a reason, man. They they can definitely come up and play. And I'll leave on this because you bring up that note of you know guys wanted to you know have great competition when they play. And I saw a clip of Adam Thielen and Justin Jefferson of the Minnesota Vikings on the sideline. And I guess that the other, they had scored and the other team came back and scored. There wasn't much time left. And Thielen goes to Jefferson. He goes like, this is it, man. This is like, you know what it's about. Like we have to come in and I guess, you know, go for it and just make it happen and score. And then Justin Jefferson started laughing. And the, the comment above it is like, why is he laughing? And I think he's laughing for that exact reason, because that competition is hot and the game is hot. And like, this is where he yes, wants, sir. this is what he wants. He wants to That's go out exactly and ball. exactly what you want. That's yeah. when the juices start rolling, man. Yeah. It's a feeling like no other. And uh, for those who want to compete on that level, it's, it's, it is that high that, that it's hard to match. Absolutely. All right. Everyone out there, Joshua Fisher, that was Nicholas Snacks Kreider, Alexander Tosopoulos, and the Quan Cosby. This is Talking Texas. We outcha. We love you. Horns up. Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you, with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.